Did You Have To is a proud member of the But Why Though podcast community. Welcome back to Did You Have To, the podcast where two bad bitches talk about anime. And here are your hosts, Kate and Nisha. Yeah! Nisha's quirk, stress ball. By internalizing her stress about the world being in chaos and crime, she converts that stress into a superpower, becoming a badass. Kate's quirk, waifu warrior. By just watching her favorite shows, she can manifest real or fictional characters into the real thing. They come to life and fight by her side. Not every character does it, though. She has to find the individual really hot. Yeah! Hey, we're back. I'm Kate. And I'm Nisha. And today we're going to be reviewing season four of My Hero Academia. Yes. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> but before that, we have a couple of announcements. Yes, we do. So we have decided, because this is our shoot show, we do whatever the hell we want here. Um, crunch, crunch Time will now be known as Today in Weeb. Um, Kate came up with that name. I actually kind of love it. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's perfect for how our our show has grown into like what it is today. So it, that segment of our show will now be called Today and Weeb. And as a part of this announcement, we want to in- introduce a, I guess, it's not a thing. It's just like we're introducing Manga Book Club. That's what we're calling it. Yeah. And we're very excited because just due to the whole one self-isolation and the current state of things with the pandemic, Kate and I have found manga to be very relaxing and enjoyable and entertaining, and we've basically traded countless titles with one another, just saying, "Have you read oh, this yeah. yet? Have you read this yet?" <laughs> <laughs> and we also, I also feel like we have a good following of people online who enjoy manga, also. So it's kind of fitting to connect with people, and we wanted to do this book club as a way for us to. We can introduce a title that some people may not be familiar with, or maybe it'll, we'll do a popular one that a lot of people are familiar with. But the point is that we'll introduce a title that we plan to do like maybe a month out, and we'll tell you guys about it. And then, then that following month, we're going to discuss about it in one of our anime-sodes. So the first title that we're going to read for Manga Book Club is Spy X Family. I'm... This is like Hunter x Hunter all over again. I assume it is called... Spy Family. Okay. Spy X Family. Spy Cross Family. <laughs> spy by Family. Spy Times Family. <laughs> spy Spy by Family. Who knows? There's a spy, there's an X, and there's a family, family. involved. Yes. And it's adorable and precious, and we love it. Um, for those of you... like I, I just have the brief synopsis that's on the Shonen Jump app for it. If it would like to cooperate and load up for me, that is. <laughs> of course not. Bear with me. They're used to this kind of stuff on the show by now. <laughs> okay, so Spy X Family is by Tatsuya Indo, an action-packed comedy about a fake family that includes a spy, an assassin, and a telepath. That's all you really need to know before y'all go pick it up and read it. And he's hot. And he's hot. And I, I feel seen <laughs> by the wife, and the child is adorable and not annoying. <laughs> That's all we ask for. Exactly. It's so good. I am, And this was one that Nisha recommended to me right away when I got back into reading manga. Because I think I've said on the show that, like, I don't really read manga, mm-hmm. and I haven't since I was doing, like, those... 
I was like part of the first generation of scans where it was like all of this is translated terribly. Yeah. People on forums were asking for stuff. And now we have stuff like the Shonen Jump app out where like it's super yes. easy and readily available. So I've been devouring manga and this one I read three chapters and I was taken by it and I'm mm-hmm. going to keep reading. But also – uh, our 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 host website, our you know the the community we're a part right. of is working with Viz Media now, so mm-hmm. we're getting the chance to review a whole bunch of more titles, and I'm joining Nisha in carrying the manga review weight. So Yay. we're we're reading so much, and uh, Nisha came up with the manga book club, and I think that it's going to be amazing for all of us to talk to each other and get to know more about manga and really just keep community alive in a time where it's really easy for all of us to kind of crawl up inside ourselves and mm-hmm. just stay away from everybody. So agreed. And I say this as like last year I felt like manga really helped me or two years ago because I had a lumbar at a spinal tap done. So I had nothing to do but be on my back for two weeks because <laughs> girl that don't sound right. <laughs> <laughs> don't say it that way. Get your don't say it that way. Get your head out the gutter, Catherine. Sorry. I live in the gutter. I know. I live down there, too. <laughs> anyways. Anyways, up in here. <laughs> anyways, I had to be on bed rest for two weeks, and I had to literally be on my back for two weeks in bed. I'm trying not to make that sound sexual. <laughs> Thanks, Kate. Um, but We're going to talk about Endeavor later, so. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> you already god damn it haven't anyway, y'all missed us i know have y'all missed the cackles because they're back <laughs> um but to my point before kate made it dirty um that's my job here ma'am actually no we share that responsibility i read so much manga at that time because i couldn't sit up straight to like play video games i couldn't work from home because if i couldn't move at the risk of like if the spinal fluid would leak out of my back so i was just really confined to lying on my back and like being able to read so reading manga at that time really helped me not to go insane because <laughs> i needed something that i enjoyed besides watching tv and it was helpful for me at this time but like i think it's also like a really good way to practice self-care like, especially during this time right now. But it's also fun for us to just, like, talk about the things we read and that we enjoy one another. And maybe for people who aren't familiar with manga, this could be an opportunity to introduce you guys to something that you aren't new to, that you aren't familiar with. So, we're very excited. Yes, super, super excited. Mm-hmm. And it's really cool, too, because um, Spy X Fam... Man, now I'm just thinking about Hunter Hunter. Hunter X Hunter. <laughs> Spy Family. Uh, so the cool thing is, is the title is currently available. There are 24 chapters on Shonen Jump mm-hmm. via Viz. Um, that's only a $2 subscription, so it's super affordable. Yep. Um, and then the vo- the first volume will be coming out, um, as a Tonkoban in, uh, the first week of June, a new manga day, which is on a Tuesday. So we'll tie everything to there. Mm-hmm. And we can all, all enjoy. Yes. It's a very happy Spy X family. I'm so yes. excited for y'all. I'm so excited to talk about it at length because I've been waiting for people to talk about it, but I always just like, I guess I have to wait till it's an anime. But now we got Manga Book Club. So this is the first um, of many. And going on with the rest of today, and we real quickly before we start reviewing, um, 
My Hero Season 4, I do want to say my manga rec- recommendation this week really is uh, it's Samurai, it's called Samurai 8, mm. The Tale of Hatsumari, I believe. Hold on. Let me check that because I don't know how to prepare things or spell the they, word samurai, apparently. They know how this show is. They used to. Uh, yeah. Samurai 8, The Tale of Hachimaru. Uh, volume 1 is out now. It's also a Shonen Jump title, so you can get all the way up to, I believe, Volume 80. But it is a gala- an intergalactic sci-fi cyberpunk <laughs> samurai story, but is really just about a boy and his dog. And there's an anthropomorphic cat samurai sen- uh, sensei. So, like, it... It's pure and good and wholesome, and it really is the title that I needed yesterday when I was feeling just absolutely horrible with the state of the world. Um, So that's my main recommendation. I haven't actually watched, because I'm reading so much manga, I haven't watched any anime. (laughs) So this is where we are. How the tables have turned. I know. (laughs) (laughs) I've turned her into me, (laughs) y'all. Uh, but no, I'm so glad that you've picked up manga reading. So I'm excited for all this stuff. So yeah, I'm, my suggestion for this today and week is just going to be Spy X Family because you guys, like Kate said, it's easily available and accessible right now through Viz Media. Um, and I honestly, it's the best investment I've ever made when it comes to like manga is being able to like $2 a month to get it, get everything on my phone. Y'all don't have to worry about viruses from all them scans anymore. So, (laughs) or all the pop-ups that come up on your phone. So let's just, and you get to support the artists and the creators, but like also no more viruses. So just go buy a subscription. Um, But anyways, you ready to dive into My Hero Academia 4, season four? I am so ready. A lot happened. Um, A lot happened. And, And honestly... I think I'm just really ready to talk about it because this season I didn't like at first. Mm-hmm. Um, so season four is essentially split up into a few different arcs. You have yeah. the overhaul arc, which shows, uh, who is it? Uh, Froppy, mm-hmm. uh, Hiroshima, mm-hmm. Uraraka, and uh, Deku going through their internships. And you also get to see more of the big three, mainly Tamaki and Miryu, as they all just get get on the job training, essentially. They're mm-hmm. in the world. They're acting like heroes. Um, well, kind of acting like heroes. Um, and my baby boy Deku don't know how to wear a mask. Um. <laughs> I know. He's just... Pray for my child. Sorry. Pray for my godchild. I'm his auntie. and uh there is a new big bat in town it's no longer shigaraki really but it is overhaul who Mm. which is the code name for one of the yakuza leaders who has found a way to create bullets that take away quirks um and of course beautiful baby boy deku runs into him on his first day on the job Deku has, yes, he the, does. I secretly believe Deku actually has had a quirk this whole time, and it is luck. <laughs> and it works both ways, because how lucky was he to meet All Might on his, 
on that very day and All Might was willing to give him his quirk. And then also, how unlucky is he to always run into the villains? He met Shigaraki <laughs> at the mall. <laughs> With many people around him, he gets pulled aside by Shigaraki. Just pray for my baby. <laughs> I mean, at least with Shigaraki, he rolled up on him. Deku's this just like, I'ma fight you. It's like, no, honey, don't. Don't don't push it. Let Eri go. This is not the time or the place. Yeah. And beloved Miryu is just like, use your training. You yes. got this. We're fine. We're gonna talk. We're gonna engage. We're gonna diffuse and we're gonna walk away, Deku. Mm-hmm. Don't be stupid. Yes. Um, which is really cool because you really get to see somebody like when we get introduced to Mirror at the end of season three, it was very much fillery for me, and I didn't really care. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we get to see him again in season four, there he is like what Deku will be after Deku has matured, essentially. I agree. And the fact that my hero lets a character as strong as Mirio exist in the same part as Deku. We kind of talked about this when we had our Let's Talk About Deku episode. Mm -hmm. Um, Is really amazing. And the overhaul arc, at least for me, was really cool because you got to see so many characters that weren't just Deku freaking shine. Like Tamaki, Sun Eater gets an episode. Red Riot gets an episode. Miryu has the most heartbreaking moment in all of freaking My Hero at this point. Literally made me tear up. I could not. I could not deal. Uh, So what did you think about this this first arc of the season? This first arc, I mean, I was just kind of like, everything you said about just... I think we can't talk about how much we've said how much growth is a theme in My Hero. And I feel like we always say it whenever we talk about it, but I just feel like I can't not mention it again because I like how the show does a great job of showing somebody like Deku who's so ready to be a hero. But like, if you look back on when we first met Deku to like when he first fought a villain and then like as as he gets more experience and he gets more training and he gets like under the right tutelage and like the right people to train him and to teach him you see how he really does soak up that knowledge and he applies Mm it to be to like him becoming a hero and it's like i that's what i loved about the bond between him and mirio is just like mirio knows what he's doing he's been doing this for a year already and he's like like you said it's great that it's not like i don't i think it's very easy for people to have called mirio an op character when he first came yeah. on and I'm like I hate that because I'm like it's, he's not OP I mean like he's he yeah. is he like to a point OP could he could be considered that yes because he can literally phase through anything and not be hurt but at the same time that takes so much concentration for him to do what yeah. he to to own his quirk and I like this I like that we got to have that time so everyone can see that Mirio's not just like this happy-go-lucky dude who like easily everything comes easily to him he's worked hard to make his quirk let him be a hero because mm. as we discussed the, another thing the season did um is like they really show both sides of the people who have quirks and want to be heroes but they're just not cut out to be heroes yeah. or society tells them they're not cut out to be a hero yeah and that's heartbreaking also <laughs> 
But, and I think that that's also one of the things, too. It, it I, I agree with you. It really does bother me when people call Miryu OP because, like, you end up missing so much of how hard it was for him to have a quirk that could literally kill him mm-hmm. if he didn't learn how to control it. And on top of that, he doesn't have super strength. He doesn't control elements. Like, yeah, he can phase through stuff and not get hurt. That's cool. Right. But he still had to train his body, learn strategy, and be able to keep up with villains who have super strength and, like, all those other things. Mm-hmm. It, like, if anything, it makes more sense calling, like, someone like Tamaki, who literally can take on any sort of thing he eats, right. including crystal, <laughs> right. and make it his body. Like, that is more OP to me, quirk-wise. And I think what Miryu shows is what happens when you train yes. and you stick with it and you put yourself through that growth, which I think is a really good analogous to what we've seen happen in Deku. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think ultimately just the the All Might's mentality of do it with a smile lives in Miryu as much as Deku and it it goes back to Night Eye really kind of pitting the two against each other Mm -hmm. like and Night Eye like 100% saying no Miryu deserved this power you didn't and Deku kind of having to grapple with that (laughs) Mm -hmm. to the point that Deku offers it up to Miryu in the end and it's just like ugh but of course, like best boy, Miryu yes. doesn't take it because he is like, no, I'm going to train and I'm going to believe and I'm still going to be a hero and save a million people. And I'm like, you are a beautiful baby bird. Right. Because you know I what? want you to fly. I want him to fly too because like I just, <laughs> I still have hope that he will get his powers back. However that looks like, I feel like he will become a hero. And I feel like that, again, this is a, this is that mirror, like this, um, it's like that thing where, where we talked about, it. I don't know, I'm not calling it a mirror, but it's like you have the people who desire to be heroes and yeah. they'll still find a way to be heroes. You, there's still a way for you to be a hero. And I think that's the message in My Hero Academia is you can be a hero too. Yeah. But Especially this season. Mm-hmm, they did a really good job of like that message coming through, I think, this season. Because it's like, this Mirio could have been like distraught and this could have been the thing that turned him to being a villain but instead he's just like Mm -hmm. i'm not gonna give up i'm gonna keep training i'm gonna keep i'll just take a sabbatical from school and i'm still gonna be a hero and that that doesn't now he's a daddy he's a dad (laughs) (laughs) my freaking heart i can't take mario (laughs) being like even if it's like i just get like big brother little sister vibes with like him and eerie in every scene it's adorable oh my like, god he, he is just like he jumped into dad miru big brother miru whatever you want to call it he just yeah. turned into like that nurturer he and is. it's one of those things where like so eerie which i guess we haven't really explained eerie oh, yeah. is the little girl that is that overhaul is in charge of or not in charge of but it's like taken captive and he uses her quirk which is rewinding to essentially create the bullets that take away people's powers mm-hmm. because her rewind can rewind people back to the point before their quirk activates. Right. Um, and when Miryu is fighting, I actually think my favorite fight this season is Miryu with Overhaul. Mm-hmm. Like, even even with how awesome Full Cal at 100% was, like, there was just something about watching Miryu continually fight 
put his body in front to save Eerie. Yeah. And then keep fighting after he's lost his power. Like, he knows that the chance of him dying is high. Yeah. But he also knows that he's not going to let one person die. And that mm-hmm. is, that's something that is really, really phenomenal. Yeah. And what I like, too, is that when you shift to something like the Deku fight, they're very two opposite things. Miryu loses all of his power and... Deku finally gets to experience his power at 100%, yeah. which is something he hasn't done before because it can kill him. Yes. Um, Very easily. Should have died. He could have died if Eerie let go. He should have died. If, if Eerie just fell off, he would have been dead. Would have that been the like... end of all of this. I was just like, even when I, when I first read it in the manga, I was just like, I really hope that little girl don't fall off of him because his body will be torn to shreds. Like, I'm like, please tell me you double knotted that cape. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Something. And then I also love the symbolism of Mirio's cape being what tied Eerie to Deku. It's just like, yeah. it's like taking the torch, like he's carrying the torch of like saving her, but then also protecting exactly. her. I'm just like, y'all are gonna make me cry. I can't take this. Oh, girl, I was crying, like, nonstop. <laughs> like, I am so... Because I had fallen off of my hero because uh, of season four, just because I was like, oh, this, inter- this internship arc is boring. Because your baby's not there. care. Exactly, because my <laughs> baby's not there. Where is my baby boy? Because um, I have a lot of baby boys, but Baku is my main baby. He's my, he's my favorite child. I just mm-hmm. have other children. <laughs> Um, you have a lot of but, anime children, ma'am. I'm going to call DCFS. <laughs> she has 12 kids in the house. <laughs> I don't think all of them are being fed appropriately. I'm sorry. That's wrong. That's a terrible I give them all of my love, Nisha. That's true. That's all they need. That's all you need. That's all they need. I will fight in any Twitter battle for all of my children. This is true. This is all you have to do for your, Twitter ch- for your anime children. Um, But... When really right before we did the Deku episode and when everybody was freaking out about how amazing it was, I immediately went in and I binged all of it. And I was lucky because the dub was still current at that time. And I saw episode after episode and my heart was broken and then it'd get be rebuilt and it'd break and then it'd be rebuilt and it'd break and it'd be rebuilt. And it was (laughs) like the old, like a lot happens just in that first quarter of the season. Yeah. Because like. I was just like I was just so emotional in everybody's fights, but seeing what happened with Mira, you just like broke me. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those things where like go, uh, Deku going full cow, I uh, full cow at one hundred percent. I didn't know what that was going to do for him as a character because it's like, oh, he has this taste of power. What's going to happen? And then yeah. when you have it wrapped back around to where they're all in school again, you have him instead going. Like, he acknowledges that he could not have ever maintained that, and he can still only use 20% right. in in this certain amount of time, and that's how he develops the the little flick air bullet thing yeah. that, he, that he does, I been, which is so cool. I'm so excited when those gauntlets finally showed up. I'm like, yes, finally the gauntlets! Because the gauntlets are dope! Yes. When, they, when, he wore, when he was wearing them in the Heroes Rising movie, I was like, wait, 
I like this costume. Yes. Where they come from? <laughs> I love. I just love. Like, and we're gonna see. And now we're gonna get to see like the new costumes for everyone else soon. Cause yeah, oh, I'm just so excited for you to see Bakugo's new costume. It's. I think you're gonna love it. Um, but I can't wait. And I love that. Like again, the the show just finds ways to make every character shine. And like a show with yeah. so many characters. Cause like the um. It's the it's like the engineering club. I can't remember like what's the full name, but Hatsume. The support. Yeah, the support. The support the su- class. Yeah, support class. Um, Hatsume is the designer and engineer. I mean, like who d- makes all Deku's stuff. So like she made his steel-toed boots so that yep. he will be able to like. And she's like, and it'll also strengthen your legs. And then like then you see the fruits of that labor too when it comes to him <laughs> fighting. Uh, d- Gentleman, gentle, gentle, gentle. Yeah, just gentle. <laughs> just gentle. It's gentle criminal. Gentle criminal. But yeah. Uh, but <laughs> you see <laughs> that you see like how like oh wow he can jump really high now and it's like it's not just because he's using all for one like throughout full cow it's also because like his body has now been trained to withstand like yeah. that movement more easily so he's more like acclimated to it because of the resistance yeah. but then she comes in with the gauntlets I'm like. Ah, I'm so excited, and I just, yeah. I love her so much. She just be like, ooh, I know how to modify this to help you with this, and then she takes all of his things into account. She also has a lot of babies. She does. <laughs> um, I do think, like, one of the things that I really like, too, is, like, like kind of like you said, like, when they get new costume pieces, you know that the support class is behind it, mm-hmm. and, and I think that that's something that really pushes against, like, standard shonen tropes where it's just kind of like things just appear and now this is what we're doing and then beyond that too is like if you think about if you think about what happens when a shonen lead character hits that point of full power they Mm -hmm. tend to just stay at that full power level and then they train to get to the next power level yeah no shade dragon ball no shade no (laughs) shade also this also happens in bleach yes um (laughs) but there's never any like self-reflection on like one how did I get here and two what happens and I think what my hero does is it really takes that concept of having that super saiyan moment and being like oh this isn't a normal thing that I can do as of right now how do I get to the point that I can right and so he's no like he doesn't have that extreme power all the time and he still has to grow which I think goes back to the other thing that that it breaks is like these are kids Deku is always a child yes and that is something that you miss when you have your child soldiers in anime <laughs> there's a lot there's a lot child soldiers fighting Gundam on the moon with one another in a civil war <laughs> honestly we could just we could throw a dart and be like child soldier fights dinosaurs I don't know <laughs> anime's done it but no and I, and I think that's the important thing is just like he's not He's a child. He doesn't know everything. He doesn't know how to be the perfect hero. He doesn't, he, he's aiming to be the number one hero. He's aiming to, he's trying to emulate, he's learned that he can't emulate All Might anymore. I feel like we were finally at the point where Deku is done trying to be like All Might and emulating him. He is developing his own style of fighting, his own way of moving and all these other things. I'm just like so happy to see that. But it's just like, mm-hmm. I always appreciate that My Hero Academia does this where like, the children stay children. That's yep. why he cries. And that's why it's very normal for these children to not know what the hell to do. 
Yeah. And I think that that's like shown no better than in Kirishima's episode mm-hmm. when he when we get to see Red Riot because you get to like and at the start of, at the start of the season you get to see him go do his ultimate and you're like damn right. Red Riot shown up this is cool this is great and then as they're sieging the the yakuza's uh the yakuza's like lair or whatever right. he gets dropped down with Vacum and he does it he hardens he does his ultimate and it cracks yes and it's like that first piece of defeat and he is He's a child and he is scared. Yeah. And they don't shy away from showing him being terrified in that moment. Mm-hmm. And literally everyone around him, including his mentor, not knowing if he can make it. Mm-hmm. And that's something that like, that's a doubt and a fear that I don't think a lot of other shonen really show in that way. Yeah. And the way that they internally show him getting past that. And fighting with Batgum to overcome it. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't really care about Kirishima. But I, did, I didn't dislike him. <laughs> I, did, I didn't dislike him. He was just there. He was adorable, but he was there. He was funny, right. but he was there. He really does only serve a purpose for I, this arc, and that's being a shield. Like, I, I have, and I have yeah. no problems with that, but I, I understand. Well, no, 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 but that's the thing. No, but then I watched this arc. Okay. And I was like, that's my boy. I love him. He is great. Mm-hmm. I stand Red Riot. This is one of the best episodes <laughs> in all of my hero. So what the hell? So basically you pulled a me like, what was it, last season when I'm like, okay, I love Bakugo now too. Because yes. I was just like, I'm waiting for him to have growth and to stop trying, stop saying die Deku. That's all I was waiting for. And I'm like, saw him cry. He's my boy now. Yep. Here I am. Um, but no, and I get that, because, like, you're right, like, I guess, like, we really only have, like, Su, Ochaka, uh, Uraka, Deku, and then the big three, but then, yeah. and Kirishima, but, like, honestly, the focus, we don't really see much of Uraraka and Su, like, as much as we yeah. see as Kirishima and Deku, but then it's, like, what you do see of Kirishima, I did a lot, I, like, I, lo- I was excited to see Kirishima get this time to shine, but it is kind of, exactly. like, he doesn't really get to do anything else except for, like, this really big, like, point in his arc, but it is, like, still important for him to have this moment, because yeah. I think it kind of also carries over to, like, we as we saw, like, um, we saw the most recent My Hero Academia movie, um, he knows that his ultimate quirk can be a defensive, that it is great for defensive, but mm-hmm. he can also harness it to be an offensive thing. He can turn the shield into a spear. Yes. And that's... <laughs> I just love it so much. And he's and he's learning that. And I think he applies it. because And like most of the movies, he is like the first one to step up and protect other people. Exactly. I'm just like, look at, the, look at one of the best boys. He's just so good and positive. I love it. Love to see it. And I ship him and Mina. And, no one can tell me otherwise. I'm good with that. Thank you. Because no one can tell me otherwise. I don't care. I see it. And the I mean, and like you said, so like for this arc, we really don't get some of our other characters that mm-hmm. really had a focus, say like in season two or season three, with Bakugo, Todoroki, or even Ida, who don't really play a large part. Right. Um, but what I like is the next arc, which yeah. is the provisional license exams, um, where um, you get to see a softness 
to Bakugo and Todoroki mm-hmm. that you don't usually see. And it, and it hit me. I was like, if I see Bakugo and Todoroki have an epic fight again, I'm just seeing what I saw in the sports festival. I'm just seeing what I saw in season three. And so I know some people kind of dismiss it as filler, but I think what this does mm-hmm. In this arc is it really shows you the depth to the other characters that have kind of just been one mo no like we're the strongest of this group we're gonna have a giant fight look at my cool powers yeah um, I mean there's more than that like they they have depth yeah. outside of that like Todoroki has a tragic backstory it impacts mm-hmm. it but like they always get those big hero moments and I think getting to see their big hero moment this season really just be them turning on the nurturing and understanding how to reach a new generation of heroes yeah. is something that I don't think a lot of people really expect from Baku or Todoroki because mm-hmm. they're both fairly cold. Um, like, well, Todoroki is very cold and Baku is very aggressive. And yeah. so to see them kind of grow into really like mature mentor figures mm-hmm. was really really nice um and i get to see Bakugo to tell 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 a little kid to stop bullying yes growth and he's just like growth. if you're always looking down on other people you won't know how to improve on yourself i'm like look at our boy shine look at that look at him look he's at him. learned he's learned because he like he even identifies it right away like there's got to be one of the kids that are like is the boss of the group who's bossing them around like mm-hmm. how would you know that he identifies the him in the group yes and he reaches him he does immediately and i'm like good for him and i mean it's also one of these things where like bakugo was always at first when we first see him he's just like so much like we're gonna kill him or like like, and he doesn't mean, like, actually kill somebody, but he's just, like, so focused on winning or, like, beating somebody, and that's how he can be a yeah. hero. But, like, I think this is where you see Bakugo, like, say a lot of words without him talking about using violence in order to accomplish a goal, <laughs> which is a big step for our boy. But he does it. And, exactly. I, and he's, being a, he's being a good leader also by giving direction and even though you know him like with his nicknames and everything oh yeah but it's just that's also a really good point he does lead a lot in the in the Mm -hmm. back half because he's the reason that that they come up with the plan to get the kids on their side he calls what they need to do and then in the next arc which is a school festival he tells everybody like hey People hate us. Yes. Do you not realize that people don't want to come support us? They want to see us he's fail. Very so realistic. maybe all of you get your shit together. Yes. And he's very realistic. And I think like it's again, it's him. Everybody wants the sport wants the school festival to be great and they want to do something that can like reach the hearts of other people and their feelings can be felt by other people and show their appreciation to their fellow students. But Bakugo is the one who's like being real, very realistic of like people might just yeah. show up to shit on us. <laughs> Mm-hmm. We should strive to be the best in order so that they we they have nothing to shit on us for, which they did. Exactly, I think they, they accomplished that. They did. And your baby boy plays yes, the drums. He does, and he plays them bare. I don't know. There was just something about watching him play the drums barefoot that I was like, "Oh, I love you. This <laughs> is great." Because you like being barefoot too. <laughs> That's probably it. We talked. <laughs> we did talk about I this. I like shoes. I mean, at this point, is anybody wearing shoes except once a week? Honestly, I'm not. I'm not. I'm. I go out the house. I put on shoes once a week now, <laughs> which is probably terrible for my arches and my and my posture. But 
I'll deal with it. <laughs> no, and I mean, like, I think, I know, I know some people shit on filler, but I really like my hair academia filler. I really do. I And I think it's because it doesn't feel, like, I think initially it may feel like filler, mm-hmm. but it serves a purpose. Yes. Like, there is a very real purpose to it. Like, a lot of the school festival, while it is a lot of them having, like, this great jam session, mm-hmm. it's also about showing Miryu could connect with Ari and having Ari yep. experience joy for the first time in her, in her life. entire life because Overhaul was peeling off pieces of her skin. Mm-hmm. Like, that girl went through a lot of trauma. Let her watch Deku dance. Give her a candied apple. Give her all that the it. sweets. I don't care. That baby deserves everything. And also, I'm just very happy because we're going to see Daddy Aizawa. He's going to, he's her dad. I'm so excited. Aizawa is a dad. It's adorable. And I love it. And I want filler episodes of Eerie just living in the teacher's dorm. Mama Midnight, they're a couple. I don't care. (laughs) I I need to see more of it. I just love it. I do. I do too. I love it so much. But but no, to your point, I just like to add, it's just like, I love that that's a big part of the school festival arc is like eerie Deku and Miriam are so focused on like, she hasn't smiled and she's gone through a lot. And like, this is the one, the first of many lives they will probably save as heroes. And you know, it's the first person that they saved. So I think it's, they're, they're like, they're bonded to her very closely given their situations but i think it's just like showing that they want to they it's not like one it's not one of the bullshit things like oh you should smile more like no i want to be the reason you smile we want to do something for you to help you smile and it's just like when you see the dark cloud of overhaul like covering like suffocating her almost and you just see like washed away and muriel cries when she smiles like a genuine smile i'm just like god damn it this show gonna make me cry i can't do this (laughs) Stop it. Um, and then in all of that, you have Gentle and La Brava, which is like yeah. this really weird YouTube commentary on like people who can't be heroes become YouTube villains instead, which at first I was not with. I was like, yeah. what are we doing? This is weird. You have now reached Mr. Satan levels of filler and I can't really be here for yeah. it. It's and then it weird. gets emotional, and you find out that he caused, like, the near death of a person, and that's why he couldn't be a hero, because oh. he was a 30-year-old as a freshman in hero school. <laughs> and it gets emotional. Yeah. And I'm just kind of like, oh, this is actually really adorable, and I think we're gonna see more of him. I, I'm finally reading the manga. Yes. So I will eventually catch up. Mm-hmm. Uh but I, I think we're definitely going to see more of him the way it kind of leads off. And it was just, I don't know, it was nice. I would say that they're definitely filler, but I also think that it was a nice, uh, like you said, you get to see what happens to people that society deems can't be one mm-hmm. thing or the other. Yeah, and I think that's something that we can look forward to more coming in season five, just because, again, the world of My Hero Academia is very vast and they do a good job of world building, but I like when they take moments like these and introduce people like, he could have been a hero. I honestly think he could have been a hero had he had like the proper training and guidance, but for whatever reason, he wasn't a good, he was not a good candidate and he just didn't pass. But given that he almost caused someone to die, um, I could see how (laughs) (laughs) that's going to mess you up on many levels. And then also you can never be a hero now. So yeah. it's just, it's, it sucks. And all he was trying to do was trying to help. So then, of course, that's going to set exactly. someone down the path of being a villain. But y'all just 
keep in mind, like in the beginning when you first meet um, Gentle, uh, you he talks about like these like big names in villain history. Like there's yeah. one name besides all like wait one for all that is going to that'll st- stand out and y'all are gonna want to pay attention to because it does come back. Damn. Yes. I need to go back and watch it. <laughs> I can just tell you what it is, but it's also like it's you pay attention to like the villainy shit. It's going to pay off, like because you're getting like a better understanding of like the philosophies of some of these villains and like how they got yeah. set down these paths. Because Stain was, I think, our first introduction of like this villain who was like, I have an idea of what the ideal hero is, and that's all my yeah. here's my manifesto of what villain and why I'm this yeah. way, and then that's that's not just like a one-off like my hero academia is filled with villains who feel like they have a manifesto like philosophy on why the the society has failed them and why they have no choice but to be a villain now so and they and they use that to justify all the bad shit that they do (laughs) so it's it's gonna it's getting really good so yeah go back and watch that and look for the three names he says beside the other two names so um but yeah oh I'm trying to think if there was anything else. So we talked to, yeah, La Brava and Gentle. That, I'm still confused on how old La Brava is and what that situation is there. Because uh, I needed confirmation if the love was like a fatherly love. That so, was my only oh. thing. I'm hoping it was just like a mentor love. I want. I'm. I, I'm going to reside in that, but I'm also just like, please no. So I. I couldn't tell. I couldn't. And tell. that was that was something that like really bothered me. Mm-hmm. But also like she's older than what she looks like. Yes, she's got to be was made very clear. Yeah, I think she's got to. I'm hoping she's like 18. I'm assuming she's like 18. Well, she's way. I, I think she's already out of oh. high school and stuff because that was like the old stuff that we saw. Right. And there's like because of the length of her hair. I'm, I'm, I'm supposing we're supposed to assume it's that she's time. like, yeah, yeah, there's been a lot of time. So she's got to be like maybe even her 20s, which then cool whatever that's fine with me then do you i was just like i need confirmation on how old she is i need to go back and look at her character card but i think hers was like kind of i like both of them i mean like it's i like okay i like deku's interaction with them and i think deku needed that interaction with gentle as much as gentle needed it with him because again i've said it before deku totally could have became a villain this boy oh yes yes with the amount of knowledge that he has about heroes he could have easily weaponized that yes the boy could have easily became a villain and everybody wants to shit on him and call him a crybaby and whatnot but i will say like if he wasn't a hero his ass would have became a villain because all it would take is one very bad day yes i'm quoting joker but it could have just took one very very bad day for him to turn to villainy as we've seen with gentle whereas like he had the desire to be a hero and he wanted to be a hero but he was told he couldn't do it. Same as Deku was kind of told he couldn't do it. And I also like this interaction because this is truly Deku's first fight without any backup, without Eerie on his back, without like, without someone being there to back him up. Like, as a, and it's not like Gentle was going to kill everybody. But it is still exactly. it's still this thing where like Deku is truly relying on all of himself and not trying to break his body because he does have the fight yeah. in the woods and he breaks his body. And it 
And it's also weird because there's like this different kind of stakes. Like Gentle doesn't want to hurt anybody. He just wants to, he just wants to get in. Yeah. Like that, that for him, like he literally just wants to sneak in. That's all he wants to do. But on the other side, you have UA under this really strict, like, if anything happens, we're canceling this because yeah. villains literally are abducting your children. Yes. Um, responsible. And responsible so, adults. Responsible. Very responsible choice. Mm-hmm. But And so for Deku, he's kind of like, I'm literally trying to safeguard the happiness of my classmates because if you do this, mm-hmm. every And the funny thing is, is like, Gentle is a villain, but he's like not an evil villain he's just like he's it's it's weird and so i feel like if deku had just talked to him yeah he'd been like oh on the scale of fair. on the scale of like villainy villainy i think he's nowhere near shigaraki he's definitely nowhere no. near overhaul he's not even like i can't he's the most lowest level of villain we've seen so far because he's like a lupin the third like and i say that it's <laughs> like i love lupin who is also he's a gentle closer to an yeah he's closer to an anti-hero than a villain if yes. we're honest yeah and he's just he wants his name he wants to make a mark in history does that justify him causing mayhem no but he really just wants to be known that's that is his own and he causes crimes in order to do it he is a god damn it he's He's a YouTuber. He's an annoying YouTuber. That should be a crime. He's a YouTuber. That's it. He does. Pr- <laughs> he does pranks. Talks. Does them on YouTube. <sighs> but like, I just, I, I don't think he's truly evil. Like you said, he's just yeah doing these things and following his own. I think philosophy. he just desperately, he desperately wants to do something. Yes. And I think that's all it is. I agree. Because if he had the offer to join the League of Villains, I don't think he would. Because he just, like, again, there's this whole, like, there's, Gentle Criminals is, like, his name, that's his name, but, like, Gentle Criminal is, like, a thing in books. Like, uh, Arsene Lupin is, like, what Lupin the Third was based off of. Yeah. Like, and who is a gentle criminal. Like, he's a gen- gentleman thief who literally makes it known that he's going to do this crime. And publicizes it, and then does the crime as a gentleman without harming anyone, which is kind of like Lupin the Third, but kind of different. But still, that's the point, and like that's what gentle gentle is. He's just he wants notoriety. That's like a real. That's a really like apt description. It is. <laughs> I'm basing my description off of like the front, like the book that is based off of that like, Lupin the Third is based off of, and like that kind of stuff but it's like very on the nose for why he's named that way but 100 percent. i still Um, liked it i did uh so i guess the last thing is our final piece which i don't know how much we should talk about we can just talk about the rankings i think that'll be like just talk yeah, about like, we don't have, really good we don't have to like spoil the last episode of the season yeah um yeah because it's a good one it's so it's good. a good one and it has to do with endeavors redemption arc which i wasn't on board with but now i kind of am and i'm like i can lust after your thighs <laughs> now in a li- in a less problematic way yes welcome <laughs> friend welcome <laughs> Welcome to the gutter. <laughs> we got Endeavor down here. Because <laughs> he's a gutter. Because, again, I feel like we have to say this. Endeavor is a bad father. 
and was a terrible husband. As far as we know, he was just, again, I don't have clarity. We do know, like, he was, uh, I'd say, abusive and hard on we, Todoroki as far yes. as pushing a five-year-old child to fight to the extent that he should when he's five yes. years old. He was extreme. He was an emotionally abusive stage mom. There. That. That is him. He's, yes, he's a dance mom. That is it. Yeah. Um, And I think, like, and I, his other children are proof of it. So Todoroki isn't just being a drama queen when he like doesn't want to interact with yeah. his dad it's really just like his brother and his sister i think his sister has the burden of trying to like mend the family yeah. whereas like the brother is like he gets to be the number one hero and nobody knows how he treated you nobody knows how he treated us because while he was so invested in Todoroki become like being his like pr- pride and joy because he had finally done it. He made a child who was half and half, who was half fire and half ice. So now he was so proud of that, that he just ignored the other children, basically. Which is like... Pretty much. But I think it's like this, to your point, like this is the beginning of his redemption arc. And he's, I think his conversation with All Might kind of like is the beginning of that arc too, where he's finally realizing what does it mean to be the number one? And then he's also starting to think about how has he affected his family and how has what he done in the past affected his wife, his kids. And he's, he's on a good path to change. Maybe I'll say that. I think he is. I I think, I think, I think he is. And I think the fact that he, uh, what he told Todoroki that he wanted to be a hero that that he was proud of and specifically a hero that was worthy. Right. I think that yes, n- knowing what All Might was like. So what this episode does with the last episode and and what I kind of see is like the start to the next the next yes. piece of what he, my hero is is a changing of a changing of the guard from All Might, but also specifically really honing in on the idea of what it means to be the symbol of peace. Yes. What you have to do to become the symbol of peace, but also really just letting, leaving the door open for the new generation of heroes and for more people to come in and live up to that standard that All Might set in different ways. And I think that I think that it's very apparent that that's what's happening, and I think the fact um, that uh, Hawks really clocks it like, "Yo, yeah. you nobody wants, nobody likes you. Mm-hmm. You're number four on that. Yeah, and for a symbol <laughs> of peace, you can't be number four. And I think that that's something that Endeavor is very cognizant of. Mm-hmm. It doesn't erase the shit he did. Yes, but it, it if we're gonna like. There's a difference between a character coming in and being shitty and growing into being a better character yes. and a character coming in being fine mm-hmm. and then going into being a complete terrible character that you can't come back from. Right. Like those are two different pathways in in storytelling and I I, I kind of like where Endeavor's going, mm-hmm. honestly. I agree. Um, I mean, I again, me and you are day one Vegeta stands and I feel like that's true. Yes. And Vegeta ate babies. And he <laughs> ate babies. And the man killed planets. And somehow this man went through a bunch of shit. And then he still he went back to being evil for a little bit. But then had redemption and growth. And now he's the perfect dad. Sorry. He's yeah. one of the best dads. 
on Dragon Ball Z. He is one of the best dads, but he's like the perfect husband on Dragon Ball Z. Yes, that is correct. Well, no, because Krillin exists. Damn it, that's true. Krillin is the perfect dad and husband. As far as Vegeta's we know. Vegeta's not as dead as much as Krillin is, though, so he gets to be there more for both. You're right. He's only died <laughs> twice. And, that was, and he only died once when he was a father. So, he's winning. <laughs> but... But no, I mean, but that's like the example, and I, I think that's what I, that's my, like my litmus test is like, we, anime has always given us characters that come in, the shonen rival typically comes in as like this asshole who yeah. is probably going to destroy some shit if they don't come in as like the main hero's best friend. But then yeah. through a process, they go through a redemption arc and they, they eventually become somebody that people look up to and that they love. And I think Endeavor has the potential to go there. I do enjoy the fact that, like, Hawks just gives him shit, like, straight to his face. So just, like, you oh, number yeah. four on that list, so, like... And, like, and straight to his face in front of the announcement woo! of the new rankings that all of Japan is listening to. <laughs> he did not to. care. Hawks has no chill, and I love him. I love the voice. <laughs> I can't wait to hear the dub, because I love the voice actor. Oh, I can't wait. I'm so excited. Uh, he's on Twitter. I follow him, but he just always be dropping shit about Hawks. And like when it first came out, because the guy is black. And it was just like, like yes, Hawks is black now. And I was just like, I love this man. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, uh, thank you. His name is Z- Zeno Robinson, if anyone's. He, he, I'm so excited. His name is Wing Hero colon Zeno Robinson on i'm so so excited. yes i'm so excited he's just so dope and in case you're wondering um some of funimation simuldubs are are paused right. because of covid so that's why we haven't got any my hero dubs i if i see another tweet of somebody complaining about not having their dubs i'm gonna lose my shit i because like no shut up like yes people can work from alone. people can it's work fine. from home but that doesn't mean they need to bend over backwards and damn near like kill themselves to get shit done for you to get an anime episode we can wait Mm -hmm. you can wait but exactly oh and oh my god Um, sorry my last thing and then i swear we can wrap up because we've been talking for a while but we finally meet the baddest bitch in all of my hero yes miracle i was gonna mention yes i was gonna mention her because i was gonna say the rankings oh oh sorry go ahead yeah okay yeah okay so our rankings right now since all might is officially inactive is Endeavor, who has moved from provisional number one to actual number one hero. Hawks is two. Best Genus is number three, which doesn't really make sense because he's he, he a little bit, a little bit dead. Not, not he's not dead, but like a boy isn't doing anything. <laughs> we don't know where he is. They just said he's recovering, but like that was the thing. It's like some people like drop in the rankings because of inactivity, but he shot up in the rankings because I know. of his involvement. Well, also, he got yeah. I was like, he got smashed on Camino. So yeah, like, <laughs> that is true. Um, but it's just like I love him for what he did for my him. baby. But yes. you got your yeah. Um, and then you have Edshot. And then Mirko at number five. My bitch. Who I actually, so I read some of the chapters that she was involved in because I saw her and I was like, who is this brown bunny goddess? Yes. I need to know who she is. Yes. And 
I am so happy because her moves are luchador moves. So, yeah, so the scissor kick is a luchador move. Well, looks like we got another yeah. one. She's Latina. She's Latina. I got a Latina luchador bunny hero. You can, and I'm so here I'm gonna for it. I'm going to let you have your Latina bunny hero. I'm just, I, I know I've been screaming, we got a black woman we've claimed her. So this, we're going to share her like we've done with Yorichi. She is your Latina. She is my black girl. That is I was like, I got the notes. I'll pull up the move names. She speaks Spanish. I just have, I'm just like, and I think someone told me she's, vo- like, the voice actress is um, black, and I'm just like, I'm just happy that we get this visibility, <laughs> but, like, having a woman of color voice her makes my day. I can't, I can't, oh, I can't yeah. be even happier. I'm super, I'm super happy. I can't wait for season five so we get to yes. see more of her. Well, I guess um, people have been, like, and, I, and this is just, like, my biggest pet peeve when, like, brown characters come on to anime people are very quick to be like oh why did they make her so dark and i'm like shut the fuck up like first off yeah. she's not that dark she's brown oh yeah i'm like yeah mirko isn't dark at all like mirko is like my skin color right maybe like two maybe like me in the summer like maybe like she's brown like she's a, she's she's <laughs> that's it she's a brown woman she's a brown woman and like brown asians exist <laughs> but like i think people get so caught up because some people were like oh all might's american i'm like no he's asian just has blonde hair, as in all anime, how Deku got green hair, and something Bakugo has blonde hair. People have many exactly. hair colors in this anime. I yeah, I see her pretty much like Chad, and they're, mm-hmm. they're and they're about a similar shade. I would say um, that if I remember correctly, I think Chad may be a little like a smidge darker, but mm-hmm. I, um, yeah, but like, I will fight any racist. We don't give it. We girl. don't care. We will fight. The baddest bitch. Yes. And she's beautiful thighs and amazing. For days. And her thighs rival Chun Li's. Yes. And there aren't that many there aren't that many people that can do that. I have goals. <laughs> I have always been like very like sometimes conscious of how big my thighs are, but I'm just like, fuck it. I'm gonna do America cosplay as soon as I get the chance. I'm like do I it. <laughs> do it, do it, do it. I looked online. Well, I saw when you tweeted a pic, the the fan art of her, and yes. you were like, I'm going to go get my braids done in white for a cosplay. And I was like, if I could have... Yes! <laughs> we should do it! We just need a PayPal <laughs> account, because I'm like, does anybody want to pay for me to get my twist done in white hair? And then I could do a bunch do, of them. So after, after this whole COVID thing hopefully is done by next year... Yeah. I personally think my ass needs to get in shape. And then I, we can both cosplay Mirku together. Ah! And that would be so fun. Yes! <laughs> yes, we can do that. Yes, we will. That would be so cool. Oh, my God. And I just bought a ring light for my phone because I started doing TikTok videos. <laughs> so we can do duet cosplays even when we're not in the same place. That would be so cool. Yes. Oh. No one's still okay. our idea. Anyway. <laughs> Sorry, continue. Um, yeah. Uh, so to round out the top ten, we have Crust awful name yeah uh kamoi woods who we've seen before in the first season mm-hmm. wash also awful name yeah. um yurai musha and ryukyo um i don't really care about any of them well i like i, I, I like ryukyo yeah. I, I like i like her because she's a big dragon mm-hmm. so that's cool she can transform yeah i like her like. i didn't i had no idea until i got reread and like oh yeah she can transform into a dragon. That's pretty baller. That's a cool ass freaking thing. Right. Cool you could turn ass- into a kaiju? Okay. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. I'm like, she's just so dope. And I love that she's like Uraraka's like um, mentor for their training. Yeah. And Sue's like, oh, this is nice. They got to like have like this super badass woman. I mean, I would like to see more of that. Like, but again, yeah. they're not the main I characters. I will say that I, I do at least think that they, they, they avoid the like the Naruto syndrome where like all women are healers. Mm-hmm. Like the diversity of power of power sets among the women in my hero is actually really good. There's yeah. not a lot of time to focus on them, mm-hmm. but like they're not all support class and like they're right. not, like they get to do different things, which is really cool. But I that's know. an episode for another day. Yes, the women of my hero <laughs> which Maybe we could just do it next year when we see more Miracle. I just, I want that. I just want that. I need her. When we have her episode, I'm just, we're shutting everything down. Oh, yeah. Uh, and also, Megan the Stallion, if by some chance you find this podcast and you listen to us, if you do not mind doing a Miracle cosplay, I would love that very much. Yes! You have the thighs, ma'am. You, like, you have the figure. Please. If someone knows that Megan the Stallion, amazing. help us. Right, I just want it. I want it so bad. That would be so good. And do the savage dance and then just shit on all the people. Be like, why they make her brown? Fuck you. <laughs> 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 She's a savage. <laughs> uh, but I think that's it. That I is think it. That's that that's season four for us. We yep. left out some stuff purposely so you can go watch some of the de- devastating moments mm-hmm. and inspiring moments and be surprised. Yes. Um, um, I think that's it for us. Yeah. Like we don't have it. We already made all our announcements. So with that, where can they find us, Kate? You can find the podcast at DYHT underscore pod. We're going to try and be more active on there. Um, so we can get involved with everybody, and you can uh, find me at OhMyMythRandier on Twitter, Nisha. And you can also find me on Twitter at LA underscore N-E-Y underscore S-H-A. And without further ado, is Miracle the baddest bitch? Will Endeavor ever really be able to redeem himself? Um, and are y'all excited to see more Bakugo next season? Find out next time, or did you have to? Bye. Did You Have To is co-produced by Kate Sanchez and Lanisha Campbell. Our intro is done by Dr. Emery Stephen Daniel. And our outro and intro music is by Benjamin Tissot, a.k.a. Ben Sound.